The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show today Glenn Broughton, who has spent much of his life looking into the energies of the planet through crop circles, sacred sites, and the energy currents of the ley lines of the planet. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Perhaps you could begin by actually some insight, some understanding of what we mean when we talk about earth energies, earth currents, energy currents, and ley lines. Yes, uh, I'd be happy to, uh, because there is confusion, certainly between ley lines and earth energy currents. Um, a ley line is a... a not necessarily, does not necessarily have energy associated with it. A ley line is simply a straight line which you can observe across the landscape or you can draw on a map that goes through four or more uh, significant uh, places. Uh, any two places can be drawn by a straight line. Three could be constant. Four starting to look interesting. Five, six, seven, twenty, thirty. Then you know that something unusual is happening. So that's a ley line. Um, what <clears throat> I and many people mean by um, energy currents, earth energy currents, is electromagnetism, which is generated from the center of the earth. The center of the earth, um, according to latest scientific belief, is a huge iron crystalline mass 1,500 miles in diameter. Surrounding this, we have the molten magma, and then on the outside, the Earth's crust, which is just 70 miles thick. And the Earth is spinning at 1,100 miles an hour. So this is very similar to what happens in an electric uh, generator. We get an iron rod, and we spin it within a ring of magnets, and electricity is generated. Well, the Earth, in a similar way, generates electromagnetism. It wants to come to the surface by the path of least resistance. That is, uh, the path of least resistance is normally one of three things. 
um, uh, underground um, fault, fault lines, cracks in the earth, uh, underground beds of um, a, a crystalline rock, which are conductive of the energy, or underground watercourses. And um, <clears throat> for the pieces uh, that we're turning out today, probably the most important is the underground watercourses. So the, the energy comes to the surface of the planet and actually courses all the way around the world. We're, we're living on like a spider's web of energy currents. And these, uh, to, to, just to, to, to come back to answer your, your question, um, with, with a ley line, you have this straight line. And although I said um, it, it, it isn't necessarily energetic, they invariably have energy ley lines, straight ley lines, invariably have energy currents intertwining them. Um, and I believe that this is actually where um, the Kajusha symbol um, uh, used for the uh, medical profession, uh, I believe that's where that comes from, from Hermes, the hermetic art, uh, he literally had a staff with either one or two serpents intertwined around it, and, uh, and that staff, uh, I, I believe, is the, the straight ley line, and the snakes are the energy currents, because our ancestors um, from many, many cultures around the world um, understood that there is... Um, energy within the earth and that this energy is healing. It's actually at a frequency which is really healing for us. And um, it, that's why it's really important for us to connect with the earth and to connect with the sacred sites. So, Glenn, you, you want a good example, I know, because I know you spent a lot of time actually dowsing and walking the line, would be the Michael Mary line and the two energy currents. So perhaps use that as an example to expand a little bit on what you've just said about the ley lines and the energy currents. Yes, certainly. Um, the St. Michael ley line runs from the southwestern tip of Cornwall in England, um, comes in at a place called Cornwall Bowl, just out the one bay south of London, and it runs for 350 miles uh, across... England heading um, towards the east coast in a um, northeasterly direction. Um, it's actually the, the angle that it runs at is the angle of the rising sun on the morning of Beltane or Mayday. Uh, well, the, the, so this energy current goes all the way across the country. Uh, sorry, this ley line, this Michael ley line, runs coast to coast and as you rightly mentioned, Peter, there are two energy currents associated with this, the Michael energy current and the Mary energy current, um, named by um, Hank Miller and Paul Broadhurst when they did their fantastic work and ground, wrote the groundbreaking book, The Sun and the Serpent, which uh, up to that point, everyone had always assumed that energy currents only run in straight lines, um, and they discovered that actually uh, the energy currents they were dowsing were more like serpents. Uh, they were like rivers within the earth. They meandered, but they wound around the straight line, the Michael A line. So, for example, um, when the Michael current went north of the line, Mary went south. 
and then they would come together and cross at uh, what we call node points, uh, and there are 22 node points or crossing points of the Michael Murray currents along the 350-mile uh, width of uh, England, the 350-mile length of the St. Michael Ley Line. Uh, and with my wife, Cameron, we've traveled the entire length of this uh, ley line, doubting the energy currents, and we've visited 99 sacred sites along that 350-mile length. Um, so, you know, that is a really, really significant um, uh, alignment of sacred sites uh, with these sorts of interesting questions. Um, but before going into that, it's just like to say, it doesn't stop at the coast of England. It does continue all the way around the planet. Um, and um, a colleague of ours, Hugh Newman, he's actually down to micro-mirrored currents going across the Yilgalathol um, in Lake Titicaca in Bolivia. So uh, just tell us a little bit, because when you doubt, you're dousing a, a lot of miles like that. How, just to, uh, explain to our listeners how you actually do that to pick up the different energy currents when you're actually on, on the line. How, how do you actually do that? Um, I use uh, L rods. I use uh, a metal L rod. Um, and I, the important thing with dowsing is to be clear about what you're looking for. If you just walk out with a dowsing rod in your hand without anything in your mind, you're either going to pick up nothing or everything. And so um, I hold in my mind, I say, um, please show me the Michael energy current, for example. And if I do that, I can walk across the Mary energy current and not get any reaction. Uh, if I say, please show me um, any energy, any Earth energy, then I'll get a reaction uh, whichever one I'm walking across. Uh, and what happens is I'm, I'm walking and then the rod will sort of deviate. Uh, I have the rod pointing out straight in front of me and it will swing um, normally to the right. And when that happens, I know that I just walked across the energy line. So then I'll just back up a little and I'll align myself with the flow and start walking with the rod in front of me. And every time it deviates, I, I move a little uh, to have it pointing in a straight line. And that way I can follow the meandering current across the landscape. Now, other people um, can douse uh, this with pendulum um, or some people can feel it in their body. Um, I, I, I can on a good day. I can't on a bad day. <laughs> Um, and I, I certainly believe that our ancestors didn't need any of these tools. They simply walked along the, the land and said, whoa, hey, that's, this is a hot spot here. Hey, maybe we can use this, um, use this energy uh, for, for some reason. We'll, we'll come back to using the energy in a minute, but um, in terms of the node points then, where, where the two lines, the energy currents cross each other, what's the significance of those points? Well, uh, it's very interesting because the, 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 the balance of energy, because when we're talking about Earth energy currents, it can be, this current can be um, as, as, as much as, well, 
the widest is normally around about maybe 30 paces, about 30 metres wide, um, but it can be as narrow as a pencil. Um, and as the energy currents come together at no point, they focus down, and then at the point where they actually cross, they're both really, really narrow, and they disappear into the earth at that point. And if you actually stand on that point, there's nothing happening. Most people think, oh, this would be a real power spot. But actually, on that very spot itself, nothing is happening. And I liken it to the eye of a storm. Um, we have these hugely powerful tornadoes, but if you are right in the very center of it, it's still. And energy rages around it. So, uh, <coughs> the, uh, 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 if you then walk on um, another, even it's a half a pace from the crossing point, then you can pick up the energy again, and it radiates out from there. So they almost seem to be like a, a, a phrase that I remember Hamish Miller uses, almost like um, a nerve ganglion in the energy system of our mother Earth. Well, that makes that makes really good sense in that sort of being in that that junction, that still point, as it were, between the different lines. Glenn, we're coming up to our first break, and we'll return and talk about how the sacred sites uh, intermix and intertwine with the uh, energy currents that we're talking about. It's Peter Tongue with Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to check out my website, www.petertung.com and www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. Great things are happening in our world at the moment. We've just had a really significant breakthrough with an understanding of the role of the emerald tablet in the alchemical process. 
and I will have a an Ambassadors of Light class next Thursday, a bigger week tomorrow on uh, at 5:30 uh, Pacific time. And uh, my newsletters for the month of uh, June is now out, so feel free to visit my website www.petertongue.com or www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. I have with me today Glenn Broughton, who has tons of experience walking and lying and sleeping on the major ley line and energy currents of uh, Great Britain. And uh, Glenn, I wanted you to continue by talking about how the sacred sites that lie on these energy currents and ley lines, how they fit into this picture. Um, well, I believe um, that our ancestors who built the sacred sites, who built the stone circles, who built the dolmens, who built the temples, who built the pyramids, um, I believe that they uh, built them where they did because the energy was there. Um, I think that was absolutely key for them. They were tapping into that energy and utilizing it uh, for the, the, <clears throat> their own purposes. Um, so, for example, um, take a, a stone circle. Everyone's heard of Stonehenge. Um, the many stone circles um, in, in England and, and particularly also in northern Europe. Um, and with a stone circle, the, the, they chose specifically chose this type of stone because it conducted energy. Um, stone circles are invariably, um, in England, they're, they're invariably uh, made of two particular types of stone. One is fastened stone, which is sandstone, um, uh, and sandstone is quartz, which is silicon, so we all know the power of silicon. Um, our modern world is absolutely based on silicon chips and computer power. It's all crystal powered. Our modern world is crystal powered. Uh, and the other stone of choice for the stone circle builders was granite, which is heavily studded with crystal, um, both quartz, feldspar, tourmaline, many different types of crystals, um, primarily quartz. Um, so, quite a number of years ago, um, uh, there, there's a, um, a, a, a great book written called Needles of Stone um, by Tom Graves. And it was a great name because he was making the analogy that these stones are almost like acupuncture needles. They tap down into the um, the life force of, uh, of our Mother Earth. They're, they're tapping into the electromagnetism. They're tapping into her pulse and drawing up that energy as well as actually drawing down energy from the universe, from the cosmos. And if you put a, a, a circle of those stones, um, then you've created a cauldron. And this is why I think um, you know, we in Wicca, um, you know, they, they talk about using the cauldron a lot, uh, the container in which to ferment, um, uh, uh, you know, archetypally, uh, it's uh, in paganism, it's a fermenting potions, uh, but it's actually fermenting energy, fermenting ideas. 
So you create the stone circle, you've created the cauldron, you've drawn the energy up, you've created, if we could see it, a beautiful mandala pattern of energy interference between the stones. And so, of course, when we walk through the entrance into that space, our energy system is realigned by that uh, contained energy that we've built up there, that our ancestors built up there, and which is still available today. Um, even though some of the stone circles are in a semi-ruinous state. Uh, so, the, uh, uh, getting back to your original question, the, the, I believe that's why the, the sacred sites um, all have this energy. In, in, in fact, I, I'd like to put out a request. Um, I've said for many years that I know of no sacred site around the world that is not sitting over um, a, a source of water uh, and water which is energized by earth energy currents. And if anyone can tell me anything different, if anyone can tell me of a sacred site which does not have water beneath it, I'd love to hear about it because um, I put out this invitation, no one's come up with one yet. <laughs> so, Glenn, this, uh, it's a great opportunity to give you the chance to talk about the significance of the water itself and, and its importance in these sacred sites. Yes, um, water is absolutely key. Um, I do believe um, that I, I'm pleased to say that we are slowly starting to wake up to the significance and the importance of water um, and wonderful work, of course, from people like Dr. Emoto uh, <coughs> in Japan with his work uh, with <coughs> um, <excuse me. coughs> Dr. Moto's work. Do you think your listeners know that work of Dr. Moto? Shall I briefly oh, I'm sure, I'm sure explain? Sure, sure, as well. Yeah, in terms of the crystalline nature and the uh, photographs taken of, of the water and the different conditions, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, it, 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 it work like that has been really fantastic in um, making people aware of the importance of water. And uh, uh, I discovered this quite a number of years ago by visiting sacred sites, um, dowsing, finding the, the, the uh, energy was present, and then looking on also dowsing to find if there's water there, finding yes there was, but also then checking on aquifer maps and finding that, this, yes, it was there. Um, and maybe later we'll come and talk about crop circles as well, but I, I, I did some work and found that 95% of all crop circles recorded in England um, had been uh, sitting over uh, energized water, potentized water. So this is really, really crucial. Uh, I believe the water I talked earlier about, the, the energy is, of the heartbeat or the life force of uh, Gaia, of our mother, and the water is, I believe, her blood. Um, the water is what pulses through uh, Gaia, what pulses through our beautiful planet, what keeps the planet alive. And we all know that physically we would be dead. We're dead in four days if we don't drink water. We can ask for about 60 days uh, if we don't eat food, uh, but with water, we can only last for four days. 
that's just physically. But what's really crucial is that the water be healthy, vibrant, energetic water, and some of our modern water now that comes out of the, the tap in our houses isn't. Uh, and we need to reawaken to that fact, to the, to the need to uh, be taking healthy water. And the, the, it's healthy water that makes these, that really brings these sacred sites to life. Um, there, there are other factors, the sacred geometry and their proportions, etc. But without the um, energy that's brought to them by the underground water, really, I think the sacred sites would be simply dead relics. Uh, and, and that isn't the case. Uh, they, they are very much still alive because of this uh, energized water underground. So, Glenn, tell us a little bit about how this uh, energized water is actually now being used in a positive way. Well, um, w w one um, really exciting thing I think that's happening at the moment is um, it, it, it's a few people are doing, been doing experiments um, in, with agriculture. Um, one person was um, John Burke, who unfortunately died a couple of years ago. Um, John wrote a great book called um, Seed of Knowledge, Stone of Plenty, and he visited um, sacred sites. He visited Avery Stone Circle in England. He visited the Great Pyramid at Giza in Egypt. He visited Cahokia Mound in North America. Um, uh, it, uh, there are other sites which, um, which I can't sort of draw to mind at moment. And, and what he did at each site was he, uh, oh, Machu Picchu was another one in Peru. Uh, he, he took some seeds and laid them out on um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, uh, at the sacred site in a place where um, he, he, he didn't doubt he was purely scientific and he took um, equipment and uh, the place in Avery he determined was um, a place that most of the gamekeepers have noticed um, uh, it's, it's close to the obelisk stone inside the stone circle there are three concrete discs and there used to be shallow pits there and they're just laying on the ground and um, he, he found that at this um, power spot um, it, he, he went early in the morning just at dawn and he found that there's a real spike or increase in um, the atmospheric ion count and by laying out the seeds on this energized ground with this in atmospheric ions taking place, that these seeds were uh, patentized. Uh, and he had control samples in his hotel, and then he returned back to the lab and grew them on. And what he found was that the ones which he exposed at these sacred sites for just 20 minutes at dawn, uh, he found that they germinated, they had a high rate of germination, they grew faster, and when it came to um, harvest time, the yields were up to 40% increased. Now, I just think this is a fabulous, fabulous experiment, which I actually want to um, 
now talking with people and seeing if we can get these experiments replicated by some organization which will be respected um, so that we can start to actually utilize this um, ancient wisdom and knowledge in a very practical way because uh, how much better is that than having to spray fields with chemicals um, to, to try and achieve the same results? Uh, other people are doing experiments with... Uh, it was noticed a few years ago that the round towers in Ireland, there were, up to, well, there's still about 200 um, round towers in Ireland, some in, in the sunny year in the state. Um, and these were always located at a monastic community in their garden. And um, a, a, a guy in the States, Professor Callahan, Professor Philip Callahan, did some experiments again using smaller models of these round towers and found that um, he, even, he made a little model out of carborundum paper, put seeds in a seed tray, and made a model of it, just maybe sort of, you know, maybe 15. Um, centimeters tall uh, out of a carborundum paper, put it in one half of the seed tray, and the seeds in that half of the tray grew more vigorously than the, the ones in the other half of the tray where there wasn't this model. And now farmers in those places in England, Australia, are putting pipes in their fields, filling them with paramagnetic rock, um, because around town is a paramagnetic rock, and they're finding that these um, pipes are radiating out energy to their crops, and they're getting increased yields. They're getting really fantastic results. Um, so I think this is really exciting. It's really exciting, then. And, and just and, in terms of putting together the energy currents, the water, and human conscious intention, it's, uh, there's potential magic, isn't there? <laughs> Well, exactly. I'm so pleased, people, that you mentioned human intention because that's really important. These farmers write their intention. They write down, you know, I would like this crop to have an increased yield. I'd like it to be healthy, etc. They write it on a piece of paper and put it in the pipe with a paramagnetic rock, and that intention is broadcast across the field as well. So, um, you know, we're being told now by um, the quantum physics that we are um, not impartial observers of the universe, that if we observe an experiment, it influences the result. Um, Absolutely. Ben, we're coming up to our next break, so we'll take a break there. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk about crop circles. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you, to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. 
visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, and I'm your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Glenn Broughton, and Glenn is giving us a wonderful insight into energy currents, the importance of water, sacred sites, and even using those energies in uh, growing more abundant, healthy crops. Glenn, for anybody that wishes to connect with your work, uh, what, what would be your website? Um, the website is www.journeyswithsoul.com. And from the website, uh, there's a contact page where people, um, there's a telephone number and email address that people can, uh, can contact me through. And we have a Journeys with Soul Facebook page as well. And, and that uh, includes a number of uh, Sacred Site tours that you lead. Just tell us a bit about those. Yes. Um, well, we, we just completed one a week ago, which is called Paris to Stonehenge. Um, we, we, we were in France. We visited sacred sites within Paris because it's not just in the countryside. There are sacred sites in cities as well. Uh, and, and then we went to Chartres um, on, at a time when we could walk the labyrinth and connect with the energies there. The energies in the crypt at Chartres were some of the strongest I've experienced anywhere in the world. They were absolutely fantastic. And we went out to Brittany and Normandy. We went to the, the, the thousands of stones at Karnak. Uh, we went up to um, Mont Saint-Michel and then crossed over to the Channel Islands to check out the images and how they connect between Britain and Germany and then ended up in England. And um, it's a great journey. Um, that, that we had in, uh, we had I think 20 people who had a great time um, sharing, sharing those experiences and connecting with the energies and the wisdom. Um, so so and, now I've got a question for you. Up, uh, what, um, what do you know what the significance of the Eiffel Tower is in Paris? Um, it, 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 it's interesting actually because um, I, I think the Eiffel, when the Eiffel Tower was first built, it was built um, to celebrate the French Revolution. And when it was first built, it was despised. Um, uh, and now, of course, it's the iconic symbol of Paris. Um, it sits on uh, uh, an energy upwelling, and it, the, the, I believe that the metal structure radiates out that energy across Paris. Um, and uh, you know, Paris is very interesting as well, being having the river Seine there. Um, so it's got the powerful, it's got the potentized water, um, and a lot of the city is built on two islands. So it's very, very special location. And, and uh, the, I, I believe that the Eiffel Tower now, energetically, is um, spreading, if you like, spreading the. the, the 
the energy of France around the world. I, I suspect it's another one of those needles in the acupuncture meridian lines. Yes, quite. Yeah, yes. Great. And then what, uh, what uh, tours have you got coming up in the future? Um, in, in, the, the next month, um, we're, we're doing a, um, a crop circle tour, which is always really, really popular, visiting um, both the crop circles and um, uh, some of the sacred sites, which the crop circles occur close to, so Avebury Stone Circle, um, Stonehenge, Glastonbury, um, and then in August, we're doing uh, a sacred site journey around Ireland. Um, in September, we're doing one to the uh, western Isles of Scotland, Kingandy, to the uh, um, Hebrides um, on the west coast. Uh, and and uh, we, we, do, uh, we, we, we do tours to Malta as well um, and, and those places. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always great fun um, to, to lead these adventures uh, with people because everyone is always different. Different people turn up, we find different things. Um, uh, so we, and, and what is, from your, from your experience of taking people on these journeys to sacred sites, what, what is the significance of people going to these sacred sites? What's important? Why should people go? Well, I mentioned earlier that we have an energy field. Um, we, we are energetic beings, and we get out of balance. We become um, out of sync, and visiting a sacred site, one brings us back into um, health, brings us back into harmony, harmonic resonance with the frequency of the earth. But also, um, there is... Uh, wisdom of our ancestors held within the sites and by visiting and spending time, you know, we don't just go along as tourists and say, okay, being here, we've got a t-shirt, got the postcard, we're off. Let's <laughs> just spend time. We will meditate. We'll spend time at the site so that this wisdom and um, knowledge can come through to people in a direct experiential way. Um, I'm always very happy to share what I know about the place is that people have very direct experiences. And, you know, everyone's on their own journey, people coming out, tours for all sorts of reasons, and we may have 20 people in a group, um, but everybody's having an individual experience as well as a collective one. Um, so different things are happening for different people. Uh, but we were talking all about the water. Um, one thing, um, you know, I decided to do with it, not everybody either can travel or wants to travel the world to visit sacred sites. So we thought, if the mountain won't go to Muhammad, or Muhammad won't go to the mountain, we'll bring the mountain to Muhammad. So we've actually made um, sacred sites essences. We've made an essence of Stonehenge. We've made an essence of Kalanese Stone Circle. Um, we, we've got a range, I think, 23 of them, Glastonbury, Tor, the chalice well, and we've made these using the same principle as flower remedies, and um, we, we, we've just um, set up uh, a website um, called um, uh, earthspiritessences.com, and people are now able to uh, buy um, an essence so that you, it will arrive 
uh, in your home in the mail, and you can sit in meditation, spray it into your aura, and experience the energy of Stonehenge without actually having to go there. Wow, neat. So let's uh, let's move on and, and talk about crop circles. What 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 have you discovered? What do you know about the crop circles? Um, it's probably easier to say what I don't know, uh, <laughs> because crop circles are one of these wonderful mysteries that um, get us to ask more questions. Um, they really raise more questions than they answer. Um, you, you probably everyone wants to know who makes the crop circles, and I have to say, I don't know. And I, most people, most of the research I know, you know, don't know either. Maybe it's ETs, maybe it's spiritual beings, um, maybe it's us when we're asleep in our dream time or a combination of these. Maybe it's the voice of Gaia giving us a wake-up call. Um, what I do know about crop circles is <clears throat> they also occur above potentized water. They cluster close by sacred sites, in particular a stone circle. So they're bringing our attention, saying, look at these stone circles. The crop circles encode um, that the, the many of them are have sacred geometry in their design and proportions, um, and, and many of them uh, uh, bring pointing us to um, ancient wisdom traditions. Uh, so I think that one beautiful thing about the crop circles and uh, veteran crop circle researcher, um, our friend Michael Glickman, said um, once, crop circles are like toys scattered on the kindergarten floor and we're the children in the kindergarten. And we have a choice. We can either play with them we can learn from them, we can break them, destroy them, we can ignore them. It's up to us. But what a, what a wonderful sort of benevolent source um, they come from to be given uh, these gifts in such a sort of gracious and gentle way in living crop in the fields, um, you know, on our crop circle tour, we, we have people from all over the world and we'll go and stand in a crop circle out in this countryside and meet up with other people from different parts of the world and engage in conversation, discussion about spirituality, life, the universe and everything. I don't know of any other phenomenon which has such a great positive influence on people like this. I think, I think that's great. Um, how do you how do you uh, consciously connect in in some way with the circle makers themselves? What we do, we um, and we've done this many times. We tend to do it every year. Um, we will gather as a group, quite often in a crop circle, and put out an invitation to the circle makers through meditation. And that invitation, we sort of phrase it as please join with us to co-create, because we feel we're a part of it, please join with us to co-create a crop circle that has something to teach us. We don't ask for a particular pattern, because that would just be a party trick. We're actually making an attempt at communication with the circle makers. If these are 
communications, which I believe they are, it's very rude to ignore them and ignore the circle makers and not reply. So we started engaging in a communication with the circle makers, and invariably, um, within a couple of days, often the next day, a crop circle has occurred, which some elements of which specifically um, speak to that particular group. I mean, one example uh, was um, that the, there were 19 of us in, in a group, but for one reason or another, five people didn't take part in this meditation. The next day, a crop circle occurred. It was a flower of life. Um, a flower of life is made up of 19 overlapping circles. This one had five missing. <laughs> wow. So, so from your perspective, then, there's a direct link back to your intentional communication to let you know that the consciousness moved. To think about the consequences of this, this actually means if we are able to speak with these powerful beings who are able to lay these fabulous mandalas in the crop, um, <coughs> what a wonderful open door, what a wonderful invitation to us to extend ourselves because really um, I go along with the philosophy that we are not physical beings having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And we are divine co-creators of the universe. And if we start to recognize that fact and act as if we actually are divine co-creators, as, as if we are gods and goddesses, um, which we are, how wonderful and how different the world becomes rather than acting as um, helpless victims of fate beyond our control. Uh, it's certainly open and a, a whole new world. And if we're able to communicate with things like that, you know, I, which we are, and I've had experiences of working with the Avengers, communicating with angelic beings, Archangel Michael is one, for example, who's been very present with, with me over many years. Um, the uh, energetic archetype of Merlin has been very present with me. So Glenn, we're actually coming up to our, our final break, so we'll have to take that break. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. As Glenn was mentioning before in the last segment that he has just completed a sacred site tour, um, including France, uh, Paris, and Chartres. And just a reminder that I indeed will be doing a, a similar tour, except we're starting in the south of France and ending up in uh, Paris um, with Finbar Ross for the fall equinox over September. There are a couple of spaces left. So if you are interested in that trip, please go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and uh, look at the information there and get in touch if you would like to join us. It's going to be a great trip. We have some wonderful people on board, and you've heard from Glenn today why it's important to go on those sacred site journeys. And just a reminder of Glenn's website, www.journeyswithsoul.com. And Glenn is also involved in Earth Spirit Conferences in the U.S. For all of our U.S. and Canadian uh, listeners, www.earthspiritconferences.com uh, is where you will also find Glenn. So, Glenn, when is the next uh, conference in the U.S.? Um, it's, it's going to be probably, uh, we think it's going to be next April. Uh, we normally, we, sometimes we do two a year, um, and sometimes do one a year, so we think the next one is going to be next April. And where will that be? Well, um, up to now, our conferences have been in Vermont. Um, it, we're looking at the possibility of moving it to um, New York. So it will be on the west coast, uh, sorry, on the east coast, um, either in Vermont or New York, and people will be able to find out from the website. Great, thank you. So, Glenn, with all of your experience and the work you've done with the ley lines and the sacred sites and the sacred site tours and the crop circles, and people are talking a great deal about 2012 and what's happening December 21st and all that. What, what are your own views on, on what is taking place on the, in, on the planet right now? Um, I, I think there is a huge, um, well, there's <laughs> huge transformations taking place um, uh, in all sorts of ways. We're seeing it physically um, in the world of economics. We're seeing it in the world <clears throat> physically. So we're, we're, we're seeing all the troubles uh, that economies are having around the world. We're seeing the uh, Arab Spring and how that movement uh, has been moving through that region. We're also seeing a, a spiritual awakening, um, and what I believe is really happening is that the time for um, just living physical lives is is over. Um, we're really being called to wake up to live in a more enlightened spiritual way. I believe. Um, I think 2012 is is a turning point. I personally don't think um, you know it's all going to focus on one day, um, December 21st, 2012. I think we've been leading up to for several years, and it's going to take several more years. Um, so it's a process rather than one pinpointing time event. Uh, but I feel it's, it's very exciting 
Uh, I, I, I think the, the Internet's been really crucial for this, the spread of free information around the world without censorship has been crucial. And now I think more and more people connecting with their own uh, intuitive guidance. And um, <clears throat> this is going to really transform um, the way we live um, here on planet Earth. Uh, the, the sacred sites uh, have been teaching me this for um, a long time. One of the key things they, they taught me was the need for balance of masculine and feminine and how, that, uh, how I've interpreted that, and it's come through other things like you know, just the, the Arthurian legend, for example. Um, is, we, we each have the, the masculine, feminine, yin, yang, positive, negative within us, and we've, our world has been very focused on the logical, the masculine, and we, that's fine in as much as we need that logical action and thought process, but <clears throat> we need it in, in order to apply what our source or spirit tells us is the right course of action, not to decide what the action is, and to determine which what course of action we should take. We need to tune in to our, if you like, in, uh, feminine, to our yin, to uh, what I mean by that is go to our heart center and listen to our own direct connection to source, to God, to spirit, whatever you want to call, call it, and how do you perceive it. But we all have the ability to tap into this deep knowledge, understanding, wisdom, in the universe, uh, and yeah, as more of us do that and live our lives guided by that, and then using our logical mind to apply it, the world is going to become um, a, a much healthier and a much more fulfilling place uh, to live. So that's sort of my, um, if you like, in a, in a short sentence, sort of summing up of what I think 2012 is about. And in terms of advising people uh, how to actually get to that place, for people who are just waking up or wanting to, what, what's, you've only got a, couple, a minute or so left, but what, what, what do you feel are the, the best ways for people to actually find that connection to source? I, I think meditation would be the, the one thing, really. Um, meditate, listen to your heart, and follow your passion. And even if it doesn't seem at all spiritual, if your passion is gardening, garden, if you're, uh, or playing guitar, or painting, or whatever, but live life passionately from your heart, and not whatever people tell you you should be doing, then you're, you're going to be living a, a fulfilling life, but also you're going to have a really positive effect on other people, and on, on the, the energy of the planet itself. That's the way to go, and meditation can help us really um, uh, connect to uh, a, a good source of wisdom and also still ourselves from all the chatter that we get involved in. That uh, distraction of the chitter chatter of the technological modern world is a bit of a challenge, isn't it? It, it, it certainly is. It certainly is. I, I guess I, med I, meditating. I the, the challenges and no rewards in equal measure. 
and I guess meditating in the center of, of one of the sacred sites in those still points would be a neat, play, neat thing to do, wouldn't it? Absolutely, because whatever you do at, the, at one of those power centers is uh, amplified, um, and I believe that's what ancestors were doing. If you, if you need a spiritual awakening, if you need a still moment, if you need clarity, going to a power spot uh, can really help, and it can be an ancient sacred site, or you can simply find one in your own uh, garden or in nature. Go and hug a tree. If you can douse, walk along and douse and find a spot. If not, just go until you, you're at a spot that feels good and sit down and do, do your focus meditation there. So thank you, Glenn. We've come to the end of our time together, and I've really enjoyed uh, this discussion with you today. You're doing wonderful work, and I really appreciate you joining us for the show today. Thank you so it's much. It's been a real pleasure, Peter. Thank you. So my guest next week is Robert Schock, and he has done tremendous work on the real history behind the world and the planet. And he's going to be talking about solar flares and solar activity, which he believes uh, brought the world almost to its knees uh, many, many thousands of years ago, and that we may in fact be approaching that time again in the near future. It will be a very, very interesting show. And so I hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.